You're in a less than a surprise book, Galatians. <laughs> All the way, partway into chapter 6, finally. Chapter 6, verses 11 18, through 18, where we talk about two very different boasts. It says, Ye see how large a letter I have written unto you with mine own hand, as many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised, that they may glory in your flesh. But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them, and mercy, and upon the Israel of God. From henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you in spirit. So in his epistle to the church of Galatia, the Apostle Paul starts out in the first couple chapters defending his apostleship. He argues vigorously in the next few that justification by faith is by faith in Christ. And then he exhorts Christians to use their liberty to sow to the spirit instead of to the flesh, as we get into chapters 5 and 6. As he concludes his epistle, Paul intermingles personal remarks with final admonitions. We notice reference to the size of his letters in Galatians 6.11. You look at uh, letters like 3 John, there's some pretty short letters in our New Testament. Galatians is a fairly long one. Well, some take this to refer to his actual handwriting, while others think it refers to the length of the epistle. But a particular interest to our study today is the contrast that Paul makes in our key verses. A contrast between others and himself. A contrast in what some may have taken pride in. There's something to glean from these two very different boasts. Perhaps words of caution for us to consider. So we're going to know first that there was boasting in a show of the flesh. And this was the boast of some. Such was the case of those who sought to compel circumcision. Their motive was twofold. Galatians 6, 12, and 13, As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised, that they may glory in your flesh. And, uh, Sometimes if, as you're reading, it may seem like we're just talking about that one act. No, that act was symbolic of a whole bunch of other things. And Paul's whole point here was it wasn't about circumcision or the law or any number of religious things you could bring up. It was about Christ. It was about what he did, and it was about what we were supposed to do in response, which is basically to let him do all the work. Uh, this is a stance that a lot of people took in order to avoid persecution for the cross of Christ. The boast in the flesh of the Gentiles. The fact is, the people teaching like this were inconsistent. Galatians 16 says, For they neither, for neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised, that they may glory in your flesh. Those who stressed circumcision didn't even bother keeping the whole law, but they're out here telling new Christians, Oh, you gotta keep parts of the law. 
as mentioned earlier in the epistle, Galatians 2, 11 through 14. But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face, because he was to be blamed. For before that certain came from Jesus, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. And the other Jews dissembled likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation. But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, If thou be a Jew, livest after if thou being a Jew livest after the manner of the Gentiles, and not as do the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as the Jews? Basically he caught him talking out of both sides of his mouth. When his friends went there to watch, he acted one way, and then when they all showed up, he acted another way. And he come right back and said, look, when your buddies weren't here to watch, you weren't keeping the law, but now suddenly the law matters to you. Are you going to go and tell all these other folks that you weren't keeping the law with before they had to keep it? Because we don't have multiple variations of the gospel, we have the gospel. And you try to mingle other things into it, you just get a big old mess. Think about a perfect recipe. Everybody's had something that's just amazing to be cooked. Imagine if some kids were playing around in the kitchen and they knocked a whole, jar, a whole gallon of vinegar into whatever that meal was. Vinegar has its place. A whole gallon of it has no place in a dish that's already perfect. That's basically what you're doing if you take Christ's already perfect setup and you add anything to it. Even if it's something that was part of the old plan, oh, well, this is in the Bible, it must be a good thing. Well, it's not a part of the plan of Christ. As we're reading about this, they focused on externals for the purpose of show. Do we boast in... Do, do we boast in a show of the flesh? And that's a question that could be easily asked and answered and possibly should be asked in our self-checks. By being overly concerned of what others see and think, what are we accomplishing? With a similar twofold motive, you had this group here to avoid ridicule in our service for Christ. To take pride in what impressed others. How might, me, how might we boast in a show of the flesh today? These people showed up to these new Christians gave them something new that they could see physically and they could show off about that they taught them. Took the spotlight off them. They didn't have to worry about being ridiculed or anything else. How does that translate into something that could happen now? Well, Matthew 23, 5-11 says, But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their play exercises and enlarge the borders of their garments and love the uppermost rooms and feasts, and the chief seats in the synagogues, and greetings in the markets, and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But be not ye called Rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ. And all ye are brethren, and call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father, which is in heaven. Neither be ye called master, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. Okay. Back then, and today as well, you have people that will have <coughs> religious clothing. Or, maybe it's not religious, maybe it's just overly fancy. That's not to say dressing nice is wrong. It's if you're dressing nice so that you can say, Hey, everybody, look at me! Then it's wrong. We're supposed to give our best for the Lord. So it goes back to that whole thing of, what were you intending? First Timothy 2, 9 and 10 says, In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broidered hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh women professing goodliness with good works. 
Did he say women can't yeah. dress nice? No. He said, don't go and make a big show of yourself. If you're doing it, go ahead and be modest and do it for the Lord. Everything we do boils down to intention. If you do something willfully sinning, you intended to do it. If you do something for the intention of getting attention, then you were doing it wrong. If you were doing something because it was nice and it's for the glory of God, then I don't see where we're going to find fault in it. Because if you did it for the glory of God, you're not going to be out there sinning because you know God's not going to take any glory in that. 1 Peter 3, 3-5 says, Who's adorning? Let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting of hair and wearing of gold and of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in which is not corruptible. Even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God, a great price. For after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands. Now you've got some comparison going on here, but you have them there adorning themselves, and it's okay, because they did it in the right mindset. They did it with the right intentions. Just like anybody, no matter what their gender, no matter what their job, no matter what their lifestyle, are you doing it for the glorification of God, or so you can say, hey, everybody, look at me. Uh, some people, rather than doing it through things you can see, like their clothing or their adornment, do it through titles. Any title intended to impress others. You're building overly expensive, elaborate churches. You can have church in a tent with no sides on it, or with nothing around you at all but trees, or in any setting you can think of. So why do you got to spend $47 billion on one? I don't know if anybody's ever spent that much. I purposely went over the top to make the point over the top. If you're doing <laughs> such a thing, or you're doing it because you're trying to glorify God, because you want everybody to look at what you built. Through the emphasis on numbers. We should have numbers and attendance and conversion, and it's okay to draw attention to the fact that that many people are following the Lord, but there's people that run up there and say, look at me, I converted 10 million people because I'm the bomb. Not nothing to do with the Lord. Look what I did. Emphasis. Emphasis on numbers the wrong way. Through showcasing celebrities and evangelistic efforts, there's groups that'll do that. Let me just use this person's fame to make me look cool rather than just allowing the gospel to speak for itself and the one who deserves all the glory to get it. Might, be we, might we be guilty of boasting in a show of the flesh for the sake of popularity? In contrast to boasting in a show of the flesh, we note that Paul writes about boasting in the cross of Christ. And this was the boast of Paul. He boasts in the crucified Messiah, Galatians 6.14, but God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. To some, the message of the cross was foolishness, 1 Corinthians 1.23, but we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, unto the Greeks, foolishness. It didn't really matter to Paul that some people looked at it as a stumbling block or foolishness. What mattered to Paul is it was the right thing to do and the right thing to teach. In fact, Paul made it the focus of his ministry. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2, I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. That was the focus of his ministry because that's what the Lord wanted to be the focus of the ministry. And we know, of course, that Paul was not ashamed of the gospel that Christ had set forth. Romans 1, 16 and 17, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein 
is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And of course, speaking of Paul, we know that he also gloried in having himself been crucified with Christ. Galatians 6, 14, But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know that in Christ he had been crucified to the world of which he wrote about in his earlier epistle in Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. He knew that the days he had left on the earth didn't matter for anything except to serve the Lord. Because at the end of the day, the Lord is all that really matters. As you go through Paul's ministry, you see a changing in his priorities in life. Before the road to Damascus, he was slaughtering Christians. After that, he was a preacher set on fire, ready to go at all costs. Whether it be imprisonment or shipwreck or you name it, he was there if it was for the Lord. Galatians 5, uh, 6, 15 through 18. For in Christ Jesus... Neither circumcision avails anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be unto them in mercy, and upon Israel of God. From henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you in spirit. The new creation in Christ is what now mattered. Paul that not just understood that, he made sure that it was understood of other people that that was the case. The new creation in Christ was what now matters. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. Ephesians 4, 20-24, but, so but, but ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus that ye put off concerning the former conversions the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Blessing we, we, those with the same priorities, or in other words, asking for understanding from them who had troubled him. That's what he's doing in the last couple verses there. We'll read them again, Galatians 6, 16-18. As many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them, and mercy upon the Israel of God. For henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of, our, of the Lord Jesus. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Christ, Jesus Christ, be with you, with your spirit. Amen. Paul's boast was in the transforming power of Jesus Christ. And he could have boasted on other stuff. Paul was a Pharisee. Paul had money. Paul had the high seat. Paul had friends. And Paul didn't care about any of that after he found Jesus Christ. He cared about the transforming power of Christ. He cared about what Christ meant to him and about what Christ ought to mean to everybody around him. And that's the idea we'll pick back up on this evening. Do we boast in the cross of Christ? Everything we do, we're boasting in something, just like every decision we make is the next right choice or the right wrong, or the next wrong choice, and we need to make sure that we're boasting in Christ in all that we say and do. If you're here today and you're subject to the invitation, whether it be your time to become a Christian or as a Christian, there's things that you need of your family, the need isn't what dictates 
the fact that we're offering it. The fact is that your family's here for you. And if you have need, respond in whatever way you can as we stand and sing.